0: Welcome to another episode of Talking Trade. I'm Sandy Siegel, President of ME Day.
1: And I'm Ian Coxhead, University of Wisconsin-Madison. And our guest today is Professor Menzi Chin, uh, Professor of Economics and Public Affairs uh, at UW-Madison, where, of course, he's uh, in the La Follette School of Public Affairs. Uh, Welcome, Menzi, to the show.
2: Thanks for having me, uh, Ian and and Sandy. Uh, It's a a pleasure to be here. Uh, Thanks so much for having me.
1: Thanks, Menzi. Uh, Menzi is a specialist in international trade and finance uh, with a particular uh, depth of knowledge in uh, East Asian affairs. And so, uh, Menzi, uh, it's been a very interesting time to be uh, to be watching what's happening between the U.S. and China. Uh, We've seen this week uh, and uh, earlier this year uh, rounds of talks at the diplomatic level between China and the United States, which have been pretty acrimonious. Uh, the United States uh, describing the new relationship with China is no longer based on engagement, but on competition uh, and in return the, uh, the Chinese Deputy Foreign Minister two days ago, uh, describing the relationship with the US as uh, in equally hostile terms, saying that uh, there's a whole of government and whole of society effort to bring China down. So my question to you is: uh, With all of these issues in play—Taiwan, Hong Kong, Xinjiang, South China Sea, uh, Chinese IT investors, and more—are uh, these kinds of uh, political and ideological disputes likely to swamp uh, good policymaking and economic regimes?
2: Uh, well, that's a that's an excellent question, and I, I've been pondering this uh, this set of issues for a while. I think I'm going to restrict myself to the sort of economic sphere where I feel I have a little bit more um, uh, to say and, and think of conceive of this as sort of a coming to a head of a long standing set of processes. And I think that is in the US, maybe ideological in part, a, a, a sort of disappointment with sort of mainstream thinking about uh, increasing liberalization, the neoliberal order of, of international trade and finance benefiting us all and as a consequence, we should be fully supportive or mainly, uh, mostly supportive of the process. And then in China, um, you know, over more than just the past few years that we associate with the Trump administration, I'd say at least 10 years, uh, we've seen more and more uh, this view that there's uh, uh, more importance accorded to controlling the economy and less to, let's say, liberalizing the economy Uh, along many sectors. And so those two forces in different parts, uh, on different sides of the the Pacific are gonna naturally lead to greater and greater, I'd say disagreement on more and more uh, areas of interest. And so maybe some of that was masked by the four years of the Trump administration. But what you see now is I think the collision of these two trends where it's clear that we're cooperating less in certain uh, policy areas. Uh, and so uh, you know, Xinjiang, obviously, uh, but but we talk about things like uh, intellectual property rights. It's been longstanding concern, but has come to the fore. And then issues about, you know uh, Chinese ownership of American assets, uh, no. American ownership of assets in in China. I, I think from China's in terms of China, where we're seeing, that they're more willing to trade off um you know sort of not getting as many benefits and having more friction uh in order to keep control over their own economic prospects and from the us perspective more alarm at increasing presence in, of china in high technology areas right
0: interesting first from for someone who's you know lives in trade daily and i it's I feel this conflict, you know, while we're more competitive now, as you say, and, and less cooperative, at the end of the day, I wonder how much it's really impacting trade and, and what the future holds in terms of our negotiation. I'm, what are your thoughts, Menzi, um, on the acceleration of the foreign investment that we're seeing in China? I know we've talked recently on this show how businesses are are doing, you know, you know instead of doing business with China we're doing more and more in China and for China and and where is that going to leave us in terms of negotiating you know our our leverage and in our trade negotiations in trying to help our economy and and where how do you think that's going to affect trade and in our negotiations?
2: Uh, but excellent question and and uh, I think there's a wide degree of uncertainty in all these matters. The way I sort of divide things up is um, sort of the, in the short term, over the short term, um, we're gonna see ups and downs, uh, but the incentive is gonna remain that, you know, we're big countries, both the US and China, big in economic terms, big population, but big in economic terms, trade is benefiting both countries uh, in various dimensions uh, because we're not equally good at producing all the things that uh, each of us are, can produce. Um, so trade is beneficial. Uh, we want access to their markets. They want access to our markets. So um, those forces will mean that there's going to be a lot of trade and increasing trade over time between the two countries. However, the nature of the relationships probably going to change. Um, certainly from the perspective of the Chinese, they're happy to take the foreign direct investment. They're happy to take the portfolio inflows But if at any time they feel that the benefits are being outweighed by the costs, and the costs are going to be primarily, I think, uh, what constraints are uh, imposed upon what the political leadership can do, um, then that's going to give way. And you know, FDI can move in a lot now, uh, but contrary to popular opinion, it can move out quickly because FDI is not necessarily, yeah, build a factory. FDI is, yeah, bought a company and, you know, despite the capital controls, you can get out somehow, either by just giving up or selling out to somebody in in the same country. So, um, you know, those sort of things can turn on the dime. Um, For now, the U.S. has an interest in getting lots of goods from China, but we certainly have this growing consensus within Washington, D.C., Democrats, Republicans, in general, are saying, we don't want uh, a great Chinese presence in high technology industries, production of semiconductor chips. So you're gonna see the nature of trade, I think, uh, change to the extent that we are increasingly wary of having Chinese uh, dependence on Chinese high technology and possibly um, for national security concerns, Chinese having uh, embedded structures, programs, so forth uh, in in the semiconductor chips that they're selling to us. I mean, and and like I say, this predates the Trump administration, Uh, even as we were getting into the Trump administration. um, There's uh, this process, uh, CFIUS, you know, uh, Committee on Foreign Investment in the U.S. has for 40 years been monitoring who can buy what uh, firms in America, who can set up whatever factories in America on the basis of national security concerns. That was revamped in uh, 2017, 2018 or so, that whole process. And along the way, of course, that process was partly directed at the Chinese. So um, both trade is being restricted on national security grounds. And so is foreign direct investment into the US is being increasingly restricted. I don't see any end to that process, and so that's going to be a continuing source of conflict. Um, now, that doesn't mean trade stops because we we export a lot of stuff to China, a lot of ag, a lot of like you know mm-hmm. in, uh, level industrial goods. China exports tons of consumer goods to the United States. Those things are not going to be deemed as national security concerns. So unless there's an incredible uplift of protectionist sentiment, and I think popular opinion is going the opposite direction then you're not going to you're not going to see a big change in that aspect of trade which in dollar terms is probably you know the biggest component if
1: so if we were to try to resolve the uh, the tensions over trade plus these uh, clear information this clear information about big increases in international investment in uh, both directions then it would be you would say that the investment is mostly about seeking access to the other other countries' market, uh, even as supply chains are getting increasingly reshored back into the domestic economy. You know, I
2: haven't looked at the numbers closely. That would be that would be my guess. That that in in terms of China, um, you know, uh, you, you really want access to this enormous market, which is growing faster than any you know in dollar terms. It's got to be growing faster than any other single market. Um, and you know the um, the concerns about increasing protection in China kind of cut both ways. You know the Chinese could impose more restrictions on what foreign firms could do in China. But the Chinese could also, by way of many way, you know many measures that we can't see clearly, you can only sort of see on the ground could make it much harder to get stuff into China by trade. Right. So you, you know figuring out how these things are affecting um, uh, foreign direct investment in China, um, it, you know, it's, it's difficult to say um, what's going on. But my, my guess is, it is it's the size of the market, the dynamic nature of that market, which drives a lot of FDI into the country. Um, so, um, and, and whether that will continue clearly depends upon, you know, in, in some ways, how long China can sustain this rapid, relatively speaking, uh, pace of growth.
0: Yeah. Fascinating, it was such a pleasure having you. Menzi, and um, I'd love to have you back and and talk about the billion-dollar question of how this might impact the Trump tariffs and and the trade wars.
2: (laughs) I'd love love to come back. It would be speculation Mm -hmm. on my part. I've long given up uh, uh, prognosticating on the direction of politics and policy, but I can always talk about what would be the implications.
0: A wise decision, I think. Thank you again (laughs) for joining us. Thanks,
1: Menzi. Terrific. Thanks. See you again.
2: Hope so. Take care.